It's time for our movie of the week here on the Bad About Movies podcast. We brought you our movie news roundup here, so take a listen to that if you uh, are interested in that. If you've caught uh, The Mandalorian, if you've caught Apple TV Plus, if you're one of the four people that's caught that, then uh, check that out. And uh, we talked about what that entails over in that bonus episode here on the main feed, so check that out. But we're here with all three of us, Kent Richard Bryan, to talk Ford v. Ferrari, the much-anticipated sequel to Batman v. Superman. It's actually, Fast and Furious presents Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> the lawsuit. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't take the Batman v. Superman route of the lawsuit. Just make this, no, no P-Jars in this movie <laughs> at all. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, F-minus, just for that. <laughs> but um, this one was one... Can you imagine somebody's tuning in for the first time? Like, what the? What, what is are you going talking on? About this... jars. <laughs> no, just no. All you got to do is see, see that movie, and you'll know, you'll know, because it's the the pivotal scene in the film. It's not. I'm not making that up. And the, the entire P jar universe. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pivotal. Still, scene. Yeah, we're establishing. We're still establishing the PJCU. We'll report back later. The file scene on the piss jar is kind of weird, to be honest. But uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. The way they were able to combine files and P jars was, you got to respect that. But we're, we'll move on. Unlike um, any movie of the decade. It is. The, number one in that, for sure. <laughs> um, so this is a movie that we had circled earlier in the year because we had done our movie draft earlier in the year. And um, this one went undrafted, undrafted free agent. Um, but it was one that we had circled as a, yeah, it could be strong, you know, good director, I'm not sure if it will have the audience, but it certainly might have the awards buzz that you want when you're doing the old movie draft. So uh, we were not wrong in that aspect. This is very well received, um, 90 plus percent in the uh, critics approval rating uh, and um, was number one this past weekend. Not a very competitive weekend, mind you. Uh, I think Midway was second. So uh, (laughs) there you go. But. You know, it did um, did what it was supposed to do. You know, it got a lot of buzz for the main actors. Um, James Mangold is back and better than ever. And uh, Ford v. Ferrari is a story that is kind of an American classic of a story that probably should be told at some point in this medium. And, uh, you know, I think this is probably the interpretation of that. I can't imagine them ever revisiting this material in a in a way that's better than this i mean lamont has been covered multiple times um you know by the great steve mcqueen uh you know among others but it's uh it's a subject that i want to see more of and i'm not saying i don't want to see racing movies but i think this is going to be the quintessential like american industry racing movie if that makes sense but um Mm. yeah really impressed with this one um a little long for my taste and we had a a spirited discussion in the Discord um, for our VIPs. If you're not joining us over there, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, and you get access to the Discord where we talk movies all the time. And mm-hmm. I was talking on there saying, you know, when I booked my ticket for Ford v. Ferrari, I saw that it was like two hours, 40 minutes. I was like, oh, man, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I got a little bit of backlash, and the backlash that I got was, well, a lot of my favorite movies are over two hours. It's like, yeah, they're, if they're good, you know, um, you, uh, it's okay if they're two and a half hours, if they're good. Right. Um, 
mm-hmm. but I feel like the the norm nowadays, I see way more two hour plus two hours ten, two hours fifteen minutes movies than I see under two hours, and that's that's the problem is that the norm is the over two hours, you know it's not the mm-hmm. exception where oh, this is two and a half hours, so it's gonna be this big cinematic experience like gone with the wind or like with you know the whole when i got i guess with the prestige cinema has kind of lost its i don't know it's pizzazz now it's kind of just called oscar season but you know yeah. back in the day this used to be like more of an event type of thing um yeah, rather like than the, just going budget. and seeing like a an average movie on a saturday morning right there was like more mm-hmm. of an event kind of a film you would go see right and they would show less and so um that's kind of gone. That's that was the point I was making. But um, you know, as we got through this, I loved it. Uh, you know, I wanted more just because of the, vis- the uh, visuals and um, the way that they were able to break it up between Daytona and Le Mans was great. Um, and just these two characters together on the screen, uh, Shelby and Miles and Bale and uh, Damon were had great chemistry, and I wanted to see more of them. So. That's what kept me through this one, but um, really enjoyed Ford v. Ferrari, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. General thoughts. Let's hear it, Brian. Yeah, this was this was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to spoil my grade right off the top, but I, I loved this. It was – I was excited about it. I, I love this pairing of actors. I'm, I'm a big James Mangold fan. Like, I don't care at all about – I'm not a car guy at all. I don't care at all about car races or – IndyCar or NASCAR or Le Mans or, or, or any of that stuff. But I do care about just putting good stories on screen. And that's, I got the feeling from the trailer, like that's exactly what we're going to get. We're going to have two actors who are just being awesome on screen. And, um, and if we can combine that with some, some great action shots that then I'm going to be happy. And it for, I mean, it fully, fully blew away my expectations. I, I was, uh, I came away just, just completely awed by by this movie and it was it was enjoyable it was a it was a really fun movie to to watch in addition to being um so well crafted and and so uh serious minded um in, in terms of its like its its awards potential and and intentions and stuff it does that really well you know it's really easy for for anybody for for us or or listeners or whatever to be like, oh, you know, something is Oscar Beatty, but you know, any movie that gets released in November, December, and sometimes even October, that's that's the goal, really, is to to win to win Oscars. It's just the difference of are you doing that? Are your intentions to win an Oscar kind of the backstory or the or the the, the side part of this whole equation, or is it the main intention? And this is to me, this is the way to do it right. You you just yeah. make a great movie with great actors. And then that point, just Brian, trust that it's going to be good, that it's going to be, you know, resonate with, with awards voters and stuff. On that point, this was supposed to come out in June. This was, and Matt Damon has said, I had okay. no expectations of any awards for this. They moved this in like April to November. Smart. Um, that's I that's why I that kind of yeah. stayed away from it. Um, movie draft side, because like, oh, there's a lot of stuff coming out in June and that might get mm-hmm. kind of lost because that's Cape season, you know? Um so that's why I stay away movie draft wise. But yeah, they moved this. This is one of those that screened and everyone was like, this is incredible. It's like, oh, let's try to win Oscars with that. But but to your point, Brian, that was never the intent while making it. It was just like, let's make the movie no one makes anymore. This like $50 million movie that's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's based on real people, but it's not based on like any kind of IP. 
And, uh, you know, that we always talk about there's the $5 million Oscar bait movies and the $500 million Avengers movies and few and far in between. And, and this is certainly fits in the in-between and, and not with the intent of winning awards. And it's so cool that maybe it will win a few or be nominated. That'd be awesome because mm-hmm. it's not cynical in that way. Like, yeah, uh, what's the dude? Um, Newt or whatever from the Harry Potter movies. What's that guy we hate or we dislike? Um, Edward Redmayne. Potter. Yes, Eddie oh. Redmayne. Edward, I like calling him Edward. Edward. It's not like he a might, cynical he, he should Edward, go by Edward Redmayne. Because he he's so <laughs> prestigious. Yeah. But it's not like what it is. He's been saying Edward all these years, and yeah. just no one, no one no can, one's taken him. can hear him. Yeah. I got to... Uh, yeah. I have a latte for Edward uh, for uh, Eddie. I said Edward. Um, no, but... Uh, yeah, so it's not one of his kind of things. Where it's like, from the minute oh, yeah. this was on paper, it was designed to win at least an acting Oscar. It's not that. So, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to, no, 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 no. I, I was, I was pretty right to it. It's, it had all, yes. So I love that. I love that they just made a great movie and that just trust that the, you know, whatever awards aspirations or, uh, prestige that it's going to get will come because it's a great, it's a really great movie and, and, and one that I'm, I am for sure. Sometimes on this kind of movie, and I don't know if you guys are the same as me. I know you are Richard cause you don't rewatch movies. We can't you, you, you rewatch movies. Mm. This kind of movie, a lot of times we get into this time of year and these movies that are inevitably going to be nominated for Oscars and stuff. I, I sit and I think, gosh, this is so good. I don't know that I'm ever going to watch this again, even if it's great, even if it's just like a, you know, like a, a best picture winner that I give an A plus two and make my number one movie of the year. I don't know that I'm going to end up wanting to watch this over and over again. And, and then and, there's and this the, kind of movie. You're just like, I'm going to watch this a thousand times. This is so fun. Credit. Many of those films are not designed to be rewatched. Yeah, right? sure. And totally, so that's not necessarily totally. like a, I guess that's my big or the movie. Yeah. But this is designed. It's walks yes. in both worlds. I, that's exactly my point. I love when a movie can can do both. can can be a great movie uh, that that aspires to great things, but also can be very entertaining and rewatchable. Um, in addition, so this kind of ran the, the gamut of emotions and did so. I thought very authentically and and really well. Um, Kit, the the runtime didn't. I, I it bothered me going in, knowing yeah, like, gosh, this same is gonna be so going long. in. It it bothered me, but you know. Yeah, so did Titanic, movie, but I'm like, like no, Titanic, like yeah. I've always said is the easiest three hours you'll ever have. Cause it's sure. just like, I don't know the way, the way it's paced. I don't know. I mean, it's almost an hour in before there's like, you know, the actual Ken Miles, Kel- Carol Shelby mm-hmm. partnership mm-hmm. is like full sure. on and that's yeah. fine, you know, yeah. because these two actors are awesome. So, yeah. I mean, and it's so well written and the way Damon fits into that Carol Shelby role is just like, I mean, and to me, it's like already one of the great Damon performances. You know, sure. he's just mm-hmm. so great in that. She has many. When he puts on that cowboy hat, it's just like something about it. You know, um, mm-hmm. this was circled by Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt uh, mm-hmm. for previously. I so. can see Pitt as a better fit for Shelby on <laughs> yeah. paper. Yeah, but Damon, mm-hmm. as usually, it just once he gets in, once he does it, it's always like you can't imagine anyone else. Because Bourne was supposed to be Brad Pitt too. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I would say is Carol Shelby was like tall, yeah, and lanky, or like something. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Damon's kind of squattier, but but who cares? Yeah, yeah seeing the uh, the champion logo in this, 
that uh, Brad Pitt wears in Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood made me think of him. Like, oh, and he would have been great in this movie. Those great Romo ads. Oh, that was Starter. Starter. Sketchers. Sorry. Sick. Sketchers slides. Yeah. Yeah. Arby, what about you, man? What do you think on this? Yeah, man, it's my favorite movie of the year. So I'll just get that out of the way. Thus far, there's still some things to see, but this was awesome. Cats, I love, obviously, probably. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I love, there's a documentary kind of about this uh, that randomly Adam Carolla made that got a bunch of hype a few years ago. It's on Netflix now called A 24 Hour War, which is about Le Mans and this kind of story, which is also excellent. It's just a really good story. Oh, nice. Uh, I haven't seen that. I'll check it yeah. out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on Netflix now, which is, uh, I'm sure that's why because of this, but it's, it's really well done. Um, but yeah, this is, I lo- you know, Matt Damon's my favorite. Like actor, certainly movie star actor. I, I just he doesn't really make things I don't like too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 Bale's, you know, always incredible. Uh, but this script uh, is so much better than this movie requires. Yes, um, it's written by someone named Jez Buttersworth with. Cannot possibly be a real name, but it is. <laughs> and John Henry Butterworth, yeah. too. No, Je- actually, I know Jez. Jez Butterworth actually wrote um, The Ferryman, which is the great the great kind of Irish play. It's mm. been on Broadway the last few years. I think it won Tony for Best Play. It, it, but, like, you know, some it's someone that's of the quality of, like, Martin McDonough wrote this movie. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have Seriously. to do that for a car. That's a great movie. comp. Yeah, totally. But it's just, that's so cool that they did that. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I came in expecting to like it because I like these actors. I like Mangold. Most importantly, as I said earlier, we get maybe one of these a year. That's just like, hey, this movie costs somewhere between fifty and a hundred million, and it's just a good time. And you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not setting up a universe, nor is it <laughs> trying to solve race relations. It's just <laughs> right down the middle, and everyone's gonna enjoy it. And uh, so in the supporting cast, I want to give a shout-out to Tracy Letts. is always awesome. He's especially great in this. Seriously. Uh, John Bernthal, as Iacocca, I thought was great. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh Lucas, bounce back for Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, literally. Um, but, uh, the, the, uh, but this is a really strong supporting cast, really bringing up um, – all of that, and I don't know who the actress was that played Miles White, but she was fabulous as well. So, um, yeah, man, this is a total for me a home run. I love. I'm not a car guy. I don't know anything about automobiles. However, I love. Um, I I uh, I love racing movies. I love to rush. I just I love Days of Thunder. I like movies in this world. It's like I don't really like baseball. Um. I love basketball way more, but give me a baseball movie over a basketball movie any day. Mm-hmm. Of the week. Some things just lend themselves to cinema and car racing always does. And That's I've had the, point. Yeah. I've had the good fortune to go to some NASCAR is not really that impressive to me, uh, whatever. Some people may like it, but I've gone to some indie races. I'm planning on going to a formula one race next year. Um, and it's just incredible live. It's, it's, you know, like one of those things that just, it takes your breath away. The, the, technique and the uh the science and all of that and just the adrenaline of it it's a wonderful car really high-end car racing is a really beautiful thing um and so it when it's shot by someone that knows what they're doing in uh mangold and uh who uh it was uh that guy papa michael or whatever <laughs> Faden papa michael is a cinematographer, and then with that, those kind of no, words, that's the guy from ABC Good Morning America, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, 
that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> he's hey, no, he's you know when uh, Lauer was busy doing his stuff, Stephanopoulos was off shooting films. Um, and that's why he's the goat. No, but yeah, this is great. So I'll shut up for let's get into specifics. But my general thoughts are favorite movie of the year, and I'm going to give it a great grade. And uh, also, can't wait to watch it again. Favorite movie of the year, eh, C plus. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> some years. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> uh, man, the way the introduction of these characters is great. Carol Shelby in that first sequence with the at night, you know, and Lamont like him becoming this hero, and then him being kind of recruited out of retirement by Ford um, because of you know times are rough and PR wants something to get things going again and so they call carol shelby to get you know to uh i guess figurehead this this effort to uh win le mans and i think the funny thing about this is you know i knew about this story but i didn't know the specifics of it and what i didn't know was that you know it felt like they kind of signed him up more because of name recognition, but he actually ended up knowing a crap ton about cars and what we could actually win the race, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, ended up was like, no, we got to get this guy, Ken miles. We, you know, he, he, he was the key to it all, but he's known historically as like this really great, um, obviously driver, but you know, legacy, they say at the end of the movie, he's like a car designer, you know, the, the Shelby cars are more well known than him himself. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was just fascinated by that and, and his backstory. And, uh, yeah, like I said, the first hour of the film, just the introduction of the characters, them getting to know each other, the whole trunk sequence with um, Bale is great with the hammer and stuff. You know, there's so much, like, little slapstick kind of stuff in this movie, but it fits within the characters. And it's just cool to see these two action stars and kind of these action roles that are, uh, I don't know, almost comedic in a way, you know, it's, it's very lighthearted material and, and, mm -hmm. it, and that's definitely to its uh, benefit, I would say. Yes. hundred percent agree. It's, it's got, uh, it's got a little, little heart. It's got, it's definitely got some comedic touches and then you hand those over to Damon, who is a great comedic actor and Bale, who can be a great, straight man when you use mm -hmm. him correctly and they, they and Mangil does and gives him some I mean they gave some perfect lines to him and he he delivered just perfectly on them and it it works so well on that front I was I mean there were this is going to be one of my I'm going to guess top three movies of the year when it's all said and done so maybe this Cats but like well. this is this is funnier than any comedy probably yeah. that I've seen in the last couple of, I mean, that kind of is the thing. Now there was something last year that was the funniest movie of the year. That wasn't mm. a comedy. I'm trying to remember what that was. Uh, yeah, I find that. Maybe that's just a, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> might be a thing of where I'm getting older and it's yeah, just like sure. st what actually is considered true comedy just doesn't mm -hmm. work for me as much. And I mm -hmm. always find, you know, the comedy and other, I'm trying to think what that was. Yeah. Or, I made that comment last year. Anyway, sorry. It, it see this the and it partly is the period and the the you know the costume and dress and stuff but it reminded me a lot of catch me if you can in places just the way that it's shot and the 
um, the timing between the two mm-hmm. stars and stuff like that. I had some real Catch Me If You Can vibes, and that's a movie. That's another just one. Just how that, cool it is, too, right? Yeah, it's, it's just really, really cool, cool. And, and it, lo- it just looks the, the aesthetic of it is so cool and perfect and beautiful and stuff. But that again, that's another one that is as I get older. <laughs> Is very funny. It's funnier than than most uh, most comedies that I, that I watch. It's just the, the the interactions between those characters is always really well done. So I love that aspect. I think I think that's that definitely makes uh, goes a long way to making this like I said, kind of off the top, the type of movie that I'm going to rewatch a bunch because it's just a really it's a really yeah. fun funny movie and and watching those two guys interact um, with with the surrounding actors and. I have no idea. I'm I'm gonna butcher her name, but but I think it's Katriana Bale mm-hmm. or Balf, okay, who plays Ken's wife. She was fantastic, and it was just a perfect addition to um, these two guys. You know, going back and forth. I love. I, you know, you guys know. I love. I love when a movie gets supporting cast right, and it's not just like here's eight brand name actors that you know that it's that it's six or eight actual character actors surrounding stars i love or like that and pulls it yeah off. or like guys yeah tier two like here's a duplass brother and you're like oh, mm-hmm. awesome sure <laughs> yeah sure sure he couldn't quite carry this so we threw him in as the <laughs> secondary it's like a whole different skill set no i totally agree yeah is that the third duplass brother yeah there's a third know. one yeah, yeah. <laughs> jd cooper jd duplass <laughs> He's that's super inside. <laughs> I always throw it's Cooper the out there because of the Manning too. thing, but nobody ever gets yeah, it. That, no, Cooper's I get great it. Too. That was yeah. good. Cooper's yeah. good. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, man, Ken Miles is a great character too. You know, we talk about Carol Shelby and Damon, but Bale is is on top of his game, and he actually came down from the the Cheney role. This was the next role he took after Cheney, so they actually had to delay production so that he could lose all the weight to play this. Mm. He shot the Machinist too in between these, <laughs> just to get the weight back down. You know, yeah, he said he's done um, doing the crazy body transformation now. Like he's like after that, he's he's completely done, and he had to kind of learn how to drive a Formula One car at the same time as he was learning to lose the weight. So, <laughs> you know trying to be on that diet and then drive 200 miles an hour um, is probably pretty intense, but, you know, leave it to Christian Bale to do it. Um, so I thought he was great there and just how poor his character is in the movie and trying to make him name for himself again and has nothing to lose, really. I love that aspect of him. Um, and was Bale using his real accent, too? <laughs> like I, it's, it's unclear. Yeah, we don't know. I felt like it was more accurate to what Christian Bale would actually sound like yeah. if we knew what he sounded like. So <laughs> I hope he keeps it a mystery forever. Yeah. He never lets us <laughs> Him and Idris Elba need to do a movie I hope together. It's actually and like it's just, super cockney. And you he's never just like, know. I'm not just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he just is the master on this stuff. So he keeps it secret. You know, he's German, right? <laughs> <laughs> Christian. Christian. Bale. Um, yeah, I like that, man. I loved uh, Richard, as you touched on Bernthal. He was so good in this, too. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and that's a guy that I don't usually like all that much in a lot of stuff he does. He was very good in this. Super well cast, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, Hook is kind of one of those people. You know what he's going to become later on. Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about this performance. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I didn't know the, the whole them going to Ferrari and wanting to do the partnership at first, you know? 
the merger, basically, because Ford was going out under and Ferrari was like, you can shove it, basically, you know? <laughs> I had no idea about that. The the merger of night, we'll take 90-10 production and y'all take 90-10 of racing, you know, when we partner mm-hmm. on this. I loved that and I had no idea that, that I made the, the dynamic of, of the importance of the Le Mans that much. It's not just about, oh, which brand is better, but there was more like... Uh, we could have done business together, but I'm going to show you why you want you wanted to do business with us, but you couldn't now. And um, I just think the Ford GT40 is such a great car, you know. It's such a in the Cobra. I, I don't, this might be the coolest car movie ever, just in terms of the cars that they actually used in it. You know, I know. I know we say that a lot about Fast and just the cars that they pull out for those movies, but. I love classic cars. I'm a sucker for those, you know. Mm-hmm. The, in, in, even the scene in this with the Mustang, where they're like in the Mustang dealership thing, and or the mm-hmm. Mustang announcement. I love that, you know. Just gonna, yeah, old Mustang is awesome, you know. He's like making fun of it or whatever, but I think it's a cool car. Um, so yeah, just the throwback to this time period was cool, and the the old cars, and mm-hmm. yeah, it reminded me of uh, of Catch Me If You Can, just in that. That yeah. like you just want to live in this universe. You just know there's jazz playing and everyone's smoking cigarettes and it's just a cool like place to be, you know. And I just wanted to <laughs> be in this universe, you know. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. It was. It was very fun and and um, and but then again, adding in all the ridiculously great elements on top of that, this could easily just be a buddy movie, right? Like you could you could make this movie probably for less money. And just have it be a, here's a wacky story about two guys that raced Le Mans, you know? And you'd be like, hey, that was awesome. I enjoyed the crap out of that. It was really fun to watch Damon and Bale, and that was awesome. But then you're at, then they're like, hey, but also we're going to have some incredible car sequences and action scenes. Um, we're going to shoot this like it's supposed to win an Oscar, whether it's supposed to come out in June or April or February or whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it looks incredible. And mm-hmm. the cinematography on that is... I mean, this is, there's few, I love cinematography. I'm not nearly as, as, uh, as up on it as like you are, Ken, and even you are, Richard. I think it, it's, I'm, that's a no, weak spot in my movie review game. But same, there's like same. three or four movies a year. I mean, I can recognize great cinematography. There's probably three or four movies a year where the cinematography itself almost brings me to tears because I'm just like, yeah. holy cow, same. that looks incredible. And that sequence where he goes out on the raceway with his son. And is showing him, you know, the turn, and it's it's so perfectly backlit and stuff. I just was like, this is perfection on film. I love I love it so much. So um, I'm I'm in awe of the ability to put all of these things together to do kind of what you said, Richard, like to do more than really had to be done for this to still be a very successful, very good movie, and instead to just to decide, hey, let's make it a great movie instead. I I. I love that. I'm I'm super glad. Kudos that, to the studio for doing that. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's yeah. something a lot of directors would like to do and don't get the sure credit for that. And hey, this costs ninety million. It's not that's like not it me. was a you know a forty or fifty million dollar project, and so that's a risky play. I mean, it's it did really well opening weekend, so I think it will be fine. But would you guys have been surprised if we opened up the box office calendar or, or excuse me the the uh, spreadsheet and looked for for this weekend and it made like. 15 or 20. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have. I think I'd be like, re- yeah, that sounds they were about smart. Right. They released it at a smart time. Sure. Kind of that hybrid of blockbuster time and mm-hmm. not quite mm-hmm. Oscar season yet, but this kind of announces Oscar season and 
you know, it only has Charlie's Angels to go up against. And Old's going to old, man. 53 mil <laughs> thus far. So if it can, probably needs to be about 150 to be worthwhile. So it's a third of the way there. See what kind of legs it has. Yeah, this is actually the last 20th Century Fox film. The oh, last wow. one before the merger. And I read an article The Hollywood Reporter put out about kind of the, the backstory of this. And they said, like, Fox said, like, all right, let's just effing do this thing because it has been in development for so many years and never got made. And they're like, you know, if we're going to go out, let's go out swinging. And they, like you said, made the movie that never gets made anymore, the $90 million kind of big budget low audience uh, demographic movie, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they went for it and it worked, you know, and I think this is definitely going to pay off for them, you know, heck Disney probably didn't think this would uh, do much, you know, like you I, said, I mean, it's like NASCAR is only getting uh, less popular, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, you're, you're, it's totally James Mangold, man. It's totally mm -hmm. his, mm -hmm. he needs the, he gets the entire, uh, I guess, uh, respect, um, whatever you want to say about this movie, because it's all him that made this thing, uh, run. You know, I think I just have a solution now. It's, it's not perfect for this kind of movie because, okay. You know how, when you watch, um, when golf is on TV and it's nope. like, yeah, the, <laughs> the ratings weren't great, but it's a really high demo in terms of like net worth. Mm -hmm. And so there it's all ads for like Mercedes and, business consultancies and IBM and stuff. So they should just do like a three minute commercial break in the middle of all movies. Now, in, even in the theater, just at a find a spot, three minute commercial break. And if this would get some great ads, like the people that went to go see this are like <laughs> probably older, but also like, yeah, I think this attracts a, like a, uh, a not wealthy, but like this kind of, intellectual budget yeah not yeah just and so i think you could fund these movies with like all right <laughs> when ford versus ferrari comes out we're gonna have like six lexus ads in the middle yep. of it <laughs> and it that'll just kind of it's only gonna make shoot get ford and ferrari to pay for this oh, yeah. it's an ad <laughs> having their freaking That's names true. in it i'm yeah. sure and i'm sure they did to an extent yeah. but Especially Ford, but like, yeah, this, yeah, exactly. This movie was an ad for, for the Ford yeah. Mustang, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if you could just, yeah, and say, okay, so that's going to offset X amount of millions of this. So it only has to make this much to be profitable, even though it's quote unquote a $90 million. We could bring back the 50 to $90 million, uh, budget movie, which we all want, right? Just with, mm -hmm. if we'll, I'll sit through three ads in the middle of it. Yeah. If, yeah, especially if you pitch it that you'll have some people complain, and guess what? They'll get over it because yeah. you get to keep making movies and not. I mean, I no one. I mean, we, we all we all really love the the Marvel movies and the the yeah. superheroes. I love that stuff. I also like contra. I like difference. I like contra. I like being able to to go to a movie and see this instead of and just love, explosions and stuff. It's yeah, all good. And I love $2 million indie films that yes. are really smart and yes. innovative and all that. That's cool mm -hmm. too. I like all of those things, but I feel like I only get two of those three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No question. No and, question. And, you know, I get a couple movies like Moonlight every year, which are great. I get a couple movies like Avengers every year, which are great. And I do, I get maybe one of these. And mm -hmm. so I'm like dying yeah. for it when it comes. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. 
Yeah, man. There's a there's a lot of great scenes in this. The scene where Carol Shelby lands the plane. He's like, I got this, guys. <laughs> so good. Or that so had to have actually, yeah. actually happened. You can't make that leap, can you, with this story? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but also, Carol Shelby must be awesome if he actually did that, too. I love that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know any of the stuff on this. I'm. I'm gonna go back and watch that doc now. Can't. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, Richard. Um. Yeah. And that's that's the. I think that helps in my enjoyment of it too. Uh, I don't. You know. I don't love biopics, and part of the thing with biopics to me is just like I kind of know all this, and the stuff that I don't know, mm. I'm fine for it just to be presented in the documentary form instead of the. And then, but I like when it's a movie. This isn't a straight biopic by any means, and that's part of that's part of why it, you know it works so well. But I like when a movie that is based on real facts or, or real life events and stuff like that uh, tells a story that I don't know a lot about, and I don't know anything. I don't know who I know who Carol Shelby is, uh, but I don't know anything about him. I don't. Know, I didn't know who Ken Miles was before mm-hmm. this movie and stuff, and that I think that helps a little bit for me personally because I'm just. Uh, you know, even a good biopic like Ray, the Ray Charles movie, I'm just like, okay, I mean, it's good, but like, I'm also content to watch a documentary about Ray Charles and then just listen to Ray Charles. I mean, like, that's that's fine with me too, you know. <laughs> and this is kind of giving me a story that I I didn't know, and I like that. I think that that for again for me, it adds to my ability to appreciate and enjoy the movie. Yeah. What about uh, who would you take? I mean, who's your favorite like buddies of the year? Is it is it Booth and Dalton, or uh, Carol Shelby and Ken Miles? I think I, gosh, once upon a time I loved that, and I loved the the interaction between Pitt and DiCaprio. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch and kind of remind myself because there's some recency bias based in, built into it, I'm sure. But Matt Damon is my, I'm probably is my favorite American actor. Mm-hmm. I love, I just love when he's on screen. I, I just get, I get great joy from seeing him on screen. And then Bale is just so good. I, I think, I think this is better, but again, there's, there's recency bias in it and they're both, both pairings are, are great, but I'd probably go with this one. I don't know. What are you, what about you, Richard? Yeah, probably this. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, I mean the same, Matt Damon's my, I mean, my favorite actor since I was, I don't know, 13, Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 it, I, I, I think he's just so, you know, he's not a chameleon like Bale, but he's, I think the most versatile actor in terms of tone, like he can be in any mm. kind of movie and he's always kind of Matt Damon. He doesn't really always disappear in anything, but you know, it's, it's like Clooney can only kind of be in one kind of movie, maybe two. Mm-hmm. He can do a comedy and he can do like a kind of a corporate thriller. And um, Joaquin can do kind of um, um, really sensitive um, and does it brilliantly. You know, f- the best part of the Joker is him in that. But, I mean, you look at things like The Master and and Her, where he's this really tender, kind of broken thing. But it's only going to be in that kind of art housey movie. I mean, he could, I, don't, I don't see Joaquin ever doing this. But, but Matt Damon can be in a really small... Uh, you know, uh, art house film. He can be Jason Bourne. He mm-hmm. can be a dad. He can be hilarious. He can make you weep. And he, all of the time, he's some variation of Matt Damon, but he's just so tonally perfect and everything. He always knows how to, how to say things perfectly for that movie. And so I just think he's so, he's such a, 
He's such a movie star to me for that reason. Mm-hmm. I used to say he doesn't make bad movies. The last he, he didn't stretch, for a long time. He made, yeah, he had a yeah. bad stretch where where he he did make a few. You know that the the Great Wall and Suburbicon and um gosh there was one more in that. The one he wrote like, with John Krasinski too. Elysium. That yeah yeah. Um, Elysium downsizing awful. was a weird and and, yeah. and and Jason Bourne the the last Bourne yeah, movie wasn't good either. But he's I will say I don't. He's not. He's never bad in movies. Even mm-hmm. when he's in a even Suburbicon, which is so bad and mm-hmm. unwatchable in a lot of ways, it is mostly unwatchable because of the horrible direction. And even he, in this really bad movie, where that's one where I feel like you can see it in his performance, where he's just like, "This is a stinker, guys. <laughs> like we got a bad one on our hands here. I don't know what's going on." Even still. Um, he's watchable and he's kind of in, I don't even say enjoyable. That movie's so unenjoyable, but he, he brings something that, that keeps it from being just a complete bomb. If you, if you replace Matt Damon in Suburbicon with, I don't know, uh, Chris Evans or something, mm-hmm. you're just like, that's an F like, this is just yeah. a terrible, terrible movie. But because Damon's in it, you're just like, well, let's see what happens. I'm going to try and stick this out and, and see what we can come up with. Cause he's. He's great. I mean, he's just a, he, you, I think you're right, Richard. Like it's, you made a great point the other day, RB off the air and then I'll turn it back over to you, Kent. But uh, we were talking about, you and I were talking about the lighthouse, uh, mm, Richard. Yeah. And you were talking about Defoe and how it's like, it's great that you can do these weird characters and stuff, but like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, yeah. but essentially the point was like, but like, can you play a dad? Can you just play a normal one time? <laughs> like, can you hit yeah, yeah can you hit the bass note so that i know all this other stuff you're doing right give but if it's just so one note you know if mm-hmm. we are doing mm-hmm. that yeah um yeah totally no that's always been my thing with the he's really good yeah. at playing crazy and he's you know that's fine but to me right. that always just makes him kind of a character actor and i've yeah i think he's thought of as one of our great actors and it's just like i would love for him once Mm-hmm. you know just, but it really might be impossible with his like face and voice sure like just sure, that's physical that's thing so i mean it's, that's true. it's a lot but to it, ask, but, it, but, but it applies to joaquin it applies to gary oldman's my favorite actor of all time yeah. i love gary oldman it would be it's it is weird when gary oldman pops up as like the bad guy in the book mm, of eli or something right. you're just like this is odd this feels strange he doesn't belong yeah, here he's a good example though he does some really out there stuff but then like the way he played Sirius Black is very mm-hmm. by the book. Yes. You know, sure. he's kind of got sure. a weird look, but like he's very tender and yeah. just kind of a dad in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's not, he doesn't have an, a- an affect. He's not, you know. Right. And so to me, right. that makes me respect so much more when he's I totally transforms himself into Winston Ch- Churchill. Totally Bale agree. the same way. Yeah. Sometimes Bale's just, he's a couple times he's just been a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, Bruce Wayne kind of is just a guy, you know? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So then I get it. Okay, cool. Go be weird. But right. some actors don't ever do the normal. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great. I think it's important to show that you can, if you can do that, to show that you can mm-hmm. do that. That's what Damon has. That's what uh, Tom Hanks had at the peak of his career totally. was the ability to, to go all over the spectrum and, and rangy and, and do all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And that, that's the thing that you get with Damon that you don't get with a yeah, lot of other the, I was trying to, actors. I mean, he's not on that level in terms of acclaim. Sure. But that might be the most. I was trying to think just a second ago who is the Damon comp from another generation, and I think Hanks mm-hmm. is maybe kind of the tonal range of that. Yeah, to be able to do Philadelphia and Forrest Gump is is he's probably more of a rangy actor than Damon, but 
be able to pull mm-hmm. those things off as a lead is is you know obviously yeah. Polly Shore Oscar okay. worthy Polly Shore Polly Shore, <laughs> Polly Shore for yeah. sure Crispin yeah. Glover like when Crispin Glover was just that principal and he mm-hmm. was just kind of a homely guy that's when I like realized yeah. you know that made Willard make more sense. <laughs> We have to be the world-leading podcast in Willard humor, I would guess. Just off the top of my just, head. I remember being so confused with that as a kid, as a teenager whenever that came out. Yeah. It's like, who yeah. is this guy? Oh, that's the guy from <laughs> right. Back to the Future? Just staring at the poster. I haven't poster seen like, him in 20 what? years. <laughs> oh, man. But what's the, can, what else? What, what, I guess you mentioned previously, like, what, what are, is there any other scenes that, that jump yeah. out as big ones on this? I'm in the end. The end was was great, you know, this the tenderness of it, and I thought it ended on the right note. You know, I didn't know how the story ended, so, um, you know, I thought they that was effective for me, but, I mean, the Lamont thing, like, the whole fact that they did the Daytona thing was, was, was great, um, and uh-huh. it made for a great sequence, but I was just waiting for Lamont. I'm just like, I just want to see what they do with this, you know, what kind of scenarios they put them in and a weather and all the crazy stuff that they could do with it. I was just anticipating that for so long. So I would say that that's where I was, where my anticipation was. And, um, at the end, that's what I'll probably remember this film for. Mm. It's like the, uh, the live aid from, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. You're like, you know, it's coming <laughs> and you hope it lives up to the hype and it does, sure. you know, for sure. Yeah. What about, uh, what about you, RB? Favorite part? Hmm. I mean, the incredible fight scene. <laughs> the bread. That was awesome. Gosh, that was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. It's just seeing Jason Bourne and, and Batman have a terrible <laughs> fight. It's so, it's so good. I loved it. Just such a Felt good meta. so real, too. Yeah, that's I mean, what was we've all, awesome about it. <laughs> yeah. We've all been around, if not involved in that kind of fight in the past, where you're just like two friends who really don't want to beat each other up. Right. But they There's are mad. There's a line. And they're There's just, a line. You, <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. That was great. Yeah, no, that was my favorite. But also I love the scene where they where Shelby gets uh Ford Jr. into the car and just Oh yeah. Ra- yeah. I mean, breaks his heart. That was Yeah, yeah the yeah, when he's the test drive. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. That was such a yeah, Let's is awesome. And and uh I like too on that 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 was a, that's a sequence where you again you see the difference between good filmmaking and great filmmaking because there's a pause where you don't know what the reaction is going to be. You don't know if he's, you know, that, that generally speaking, because we understand how movies work, you know, uh, Shelby's going to get his way and miles is going to be the one that gets the race and blah, blah, blah. But you don't know what that's how that's going to end up. And, and to, to give a beat, to give a pause, to let, you know, for, for Tracy Letts to, to cry. And then for there just to be kind of silence, except for like some sniffling basically for, for I don't know I don't know if it was thirty if it was five seconds or thirty seconds or a minute doesn't really matter there's a great pause there and then you get the I had no idea and I and then the I wish that my dad could see that I mean that's a that's a great let let things breathe especially right after you do that where it's just put the camera in the car and just go as fast as humanly possible and and then to have it play i love that i thought that was just a perfect scene and and just incredible structure completely agree you guys ready to hit grades let's do it i'm gonna give this an a plus man everything i wanted it to be i'm gonna watch this probably two or three more times before oscars man i'm gonna Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to give it a good another go around. And um, yeah, uh, this will be high on the list for sure. I don't know if it's exactly mm-hmm. like the most the most niche for me, you know, so that might affect where it ends up on my list. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. affect my personal taste as much as like because I'm not super into racing. Like if this movie was about like, you know the NHL or something like I would be, you know, like something I'm way more like attuned to Maybe I would way more like it, but I, it has aesthetically everything that I want in a movie. So a plus for me, what about you, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's an easy a plus for me. I, you know, it's, it's very, if it's not the top of my list right now, it, it will, it will certainly be very close to it. Um, and I imagine it'll be very high on my list at the end of the year. I like it. Uh, I like that it is something that I don't care about. I don't care. Again, I don't care about cars or racing at all. And yet it still is so affecting to me. And I thought that was, um, I think that's a mark of, of a great film is to, to be able to say, I don't really get this, this world that this is happening in, but the movie still got to me. And, and I like too, that this is my last, that I could walk out. I walked out of the theater and I texted, um, some of my friends and I texted, and I texted my dad. The same. I like that. This feels like a bit of um, same. A I said. I told movie. told my dad at first. I said, texted my dad and said, "Saw Ford versus Ferrari. You need to go see it because yes. it, so, this he used to always thing. tell me yeah. about the the Shelby cars back when mm. you know, like yeah. that's always yeah. a thing. Yeah. So I, I do feel like that's a great point. This is a great family movie. Sure. There's just very few movies that I, that, I mean, again, like the Avengers, you can tell literally anybody, Hey, you need to see the Avengers if you haven't already. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, I'll get to it because it's, it's such a cultural touchstone. But outside of those very top end peak movies, there just aren't a lot of movies that I can almost universally recommend and say, Hey, you need to check this out. I think you'll appreciate this about it to anybody, you know, to whether it's my peer group or my parents or, uh, you know, Cooper or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a very easy thing to say, Hey, you, you got to go see this. So yeah, a well, plus for me, Richard, what about you? A plus for me. Well, Nymphomaniac volume two was like that, but <laughs> right. Nymphomaniac volume one wasn't. So it's hard right. to tell people, do you have to sit through? Anyway, that's all thing. Yeah. A plus <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. Favorite move of the year. And, uh, if something passes this man, it's going to, we're in for a heck of a year because, uh, love this. And uh, kind of excited now. This is my waiting favorite. for Sandman and Kevin Garnett to come swooping oh, in with that. Man, I know, I know. KG it's... with the Oscar performance. Just wait. I Big know. ticket coming for it. I know. I've heard you so many varying thoughts on that. Yeah, same. Um, I, I don't think wait. that's going to be as. I mean, I think that could be awesome, but uh, just... I know it's just like written. It's it got gonna... Richard written all over uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sure, just yeah, so funny. It, sure. it is, yeah. I, and I like the sappies and stuff. No, I'm excited for that. that hey, hey, I'm open to it. For sure, for sure, yeah. There's some good stuff. I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty cool. Come down movie. to the wire, every, man. Every there's so many people I like involved in this year's Oscar uh, mm. race. So it's very. I don't know if it's a great one or just great to me, but it's all people I've been sure. rooting for with like Eddie Murphy and I love the Sandman and I love Matt Damon and I love you know it's like oh okay this is mm-hmm. uh, Richard Heavy, but as opposed to that one year where it's just all Dan Aykroyd and um, Travolta. And uh, Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> Chris Kattan, that year and he Chris won. Chris Kattan, yeah. that yeah. that three way race for the Razzie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I couldn't decide who I wanted to win. It was awful. Yeah, Corky Romano. Best book of the year, though, so it's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, um, this has been a good one, man. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, there's not much to spoil. Honestly, it's a biopic 
Go check it out. Really good one on the big screen. Great sound too. I saw yes, I read read yes. about how they oh. had to go to some guy and guy's house and like record the sound because the actual car costs like fifty million. So they can't just like get a car and record <laughs> it. So they had to go fly around the world to actually find the cars to record the sounds for it because it's just like you know um, crazy the amount of research that they went into this. But it all made a huge difference and and it was really solid. So. Ford v Ferrari now playing. Um, next week we've got well, Frozen Two bonus action, I think, happening. Yeah, and then we've got a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Speaking of Tom Hanks, he'll be playing Mister Rogers with uh, the great Matthew Reese. Uh, we'll see what mm-hmm. he's got on the big screen as well next week on Mad About Movies. But uh, until then, Brian, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out uh, very soon. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the various social platforms under Richard Barden, and uh, you can also find I'm right behind you right now. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find us online at Mad About Movies and give us... A nice rating on the old iTunes if you like what you hear. really helps grow the show. Please subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. And uh, if you want to hear more from us, hit that VIP feed, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. A lot of fun stuff dropping there. We just had a uh, uh, Sundance Kid, I guess, episode drop with uh, yeah. Batman Shane and, and uh, Brian. And then we had our National Treasure episode dropping and our AMA is coming up next week so fun times happening all the time in the VIP so we'll we'll talk to the VIPs on the discord uh, following this for the post game reaction reactionary reaction chat which happens all the time so stay tuned for that and until then until next time see you at the cinema goodbye hey baby I hear-